Welcome to the Roots of Success podcast. We've raised the bar. Tap into the source of your success through real stories from real people. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to level up and get to the root of your success. And now your host, Nate the Great Peterman. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Roots of Success podcast. I am your host, Nate the Great coming at you, and today we have a special guest, okay, the man himself, Mr. Ivo Dimchev. How you doing, brother? What's up? Good to have you in my little hovel room. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it, man. We, you know, that's a, this is a prime example. You can make anything work, you know? And yeah, I, I just moved the sofa from one wall to another. <laughs> Get the light. You have everything you need. Bro, I felt like we were uh, working for Renaissance doing the, the, the couch moving and everything. <laughs> But I, no, man, I really appreciate you being on the show. And um, for those of you who might be unaware of, of who Ivo is and you know just a little bit of a background about him, Ivo Dimchev is an international artist selling out theaters and music venues from Los Angeles to St. Petersburg. He is someone who transformed from a world-known award-winning contemporary choreographer to one of the most unique singers and songwriters today. So, Ivo, I mean, my goodness, I, I know that was kind of a, a little bit of a short read. So, <laughs> I'm kind of, uh, and, I, and I know the audience is as well, I'd like to hear more so some of the behind the scenes in terms of, you know, how you grew up, right? Because, I mean, with everything that you've done so far and the performances that, the performances that you have, have done, um, you know, there, there has to be a reason behind how you've gotten to where you're at. So, if you could kind of give us a summary of, you know, your childhood growing up and to how you've gotten to where you're at today, man, love to hear it. Well, I'm from Bulgaria, okay. so it's a small country, like east, south of Europe. And usually it's a conservative place or it's considered a conservative environment, but because I'm quite, I was quite extravagant child, so <laughs> I was kind of standing out even from a very young age and... Um, uh, thank God, um, I went to a theater school when I was like 12, so I kind of, I, I was able, as a, a growing up, was like very out of the box and very extravagant, and um, and it was a lot of creative energy. I was, I kind of found my, my place, so I could channel all this craziness and creativity uh, on stage, hmm. and otherwise probably I would just end up in prison or and yeah, so I was you know I was doing theater since I'm 12 years old. So my okay. my biggest interest for many years was theater, um, acting, and then when I was in my mid my in my twenties, I was focused more on contemporary dance, and I did a lot of dance theater um, productions in last 20 years, and I thought I was going to do this until the end of my life. Yeah, and I loved it to be like in the in the field of contemporary art and contemporary performance and touring all around the world, like in the greatest um, festivals for contemporary dance and theater, like beautiful theaters, so kind of very safe um, environment. But then I know what happened, like a few years ago, I started writing songs, which is actually the opposite of what I was doing before. Right. I would always have a song in, in, in one of my shows or here and there, so in every show I would have like a little funny song here and there. Something to entertain a little bit the, the very pretentious um, structure and dramaturgy of, of the work, but I would never look at this song as something serious because I I would make it I would come up with this song so easily if I don't know what to do with um, certain text in my show I would just sing it so I'm I'm it's all it's done <laughs> and. Um, or I will probably have a little song as a kind of funny reference to pop culture. Okay. Um, and but I would never ever even sing it. Want to sing it nicely? I would sing it in some crazy funny way. So because I thought singing nicely a song is like there's nothing more conventional and boring than than this. And me as a contemporary artist, I was like I would never do this. <laughs> like I would never take serious myself like by doing this. But I don't know what happened one day. Like 2016, probably. I just decided to put all these little songs in a concert in a, in a venue that I was running in, an art venue I was running in, in Sofia, Bulgaria. 
And everybody loved these songs, and the songs felt very comfortable out of my contemporary performances. And then I real and I was kind of taking care of the songs, but I didn't have anything else. So I kind of tried to sing them nicely. And then I discovered that I can actually sing very nice. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Which I, I, I knew that I can sing and I have a voice, but yeah. I feel like I have a crazy voice, it's, but not really nice voice and or beautiful. And I don't know what happened when I started singing these songs and singing them and trying to sing them in a nice kind of friendly manner. Everybody was so fascinated and so into it. So I was keep I, I was I keep doing it doing this, and I realized that I can write songs. Not for the shows, but just song for the song itself. And I realized it's very easy. I can write a song like in 15, 20 minutes. Really? And I was like, if I knew that I can write songs so well, and I can sing them really well, and people are so much into it, I would probably do this like 20 years ago. <laughs> but I don't feel sorry because I had beautiful, very extravagant, and diverse, and colorful career as a contemporary choreographer. And theater maker, and it gave me a lot of uh, experience that probably somehow it's transparent through the ways I'm singing or the way I'm songwriting. I don't know. I think probably I just have to grow up enough so I can write the music that I write now, that I'm writing now. Um, and it's actually, I was kind of fed up of the whole comfortable, luxury. A safe place where contemporary dance was for me and contemporary art was for me. Um, so most of those theaters are like institutions that they have like budget and subsidies. So um, you know you're taken care of all the time. And and I know as a musician, especially as a beginner, yeah, you have to take care of yourself. Nobody's gonna take care of you. Seriously. And yeah, and I have to play in music venues where people are just drinking and talking. Because they're like bars, and I was like spoiled because I was performing always in theaters where people were just sitting in the darkness, like listening very carefully. Yeah. So you can easily control their focus. But when you have like a, a venue with like 500 people and like three bars, and everybody's drunk, how <laughs> do you take the focus of these people? How do you make them like shut up and just like listen? I find it's very challenging, and that's why I love it. Um, I still enjoy performing in theaters, and I'm still performing in theaters. But I love having like wild places as well. Right, yeah, that's insane. I can only imagine because, yeah, I mean, you're performing in front of people that are wasted and drunk, and yeah, because I can throw you off. I'm sure sometimes. In the beginning, it was challenging for me. Yeah. It was hard. I was like, what the fuck? I mean, how do yeah. I work? How do I make them like listen? Because yeah. they're with their buddies, you know, they're going out and they're just they want to get drunk. They want to have a good time, and I'm like, no, no. no. I'm singing, and so yeah. you have to just focus because I have something very important to say, you know. And you know, many times it works. Many times it works, but you know, I've been, that's why I saw I've, I've been I've been performing performed all my life in front of like intellectual audience, yeah. like it's the it's the audience of uh, of contemporary dance and theater. So people who are like them in the theater, they come here because they want to see something different, something special, and they give their time. Uh, for that, and they will even if it's something very difficult to understand, they will make an effort. Mm -hmm. People in a like in a bar in a music venue, they don't care. Yeah. They don't want to try. They want to have it. Just they just want to have like a nice environment. And if you're some more something, you know, for something more special, probably they will look at it. It's very often happening that people just shut up <laughs> <laughs> and they just stare at me, which is I, don't, I really appreciate it, but it's not very easy to do it. And like in hotel cafe, for example. Sometimes they're telling me, you know, it's it's the only time. It's very rare that people are quiet when somebody's singing. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm trying to work it out. I mean, when something is really important for you, I think it's going to become important also for the ones that are in front of you. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. If I, if I know that I'm just singing my song, because I know that it's a cool song, I'm sure that people will be not so engaged. But if I'm singing the song as like, this is something which is extremely, extremely important and valuable for me. Every word, every phrase, uh, every melodic line, every pose. 
So I'm sure that sooner or later people will be like, okay, fuck it. I mean, I really want to listen to it. Right. And usually it works. I'm not how it works like on a, on a arena, on like one of the biggest things. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Are you about to know though. You haven't been there, so I don't know. <laughs> it's coming, I'll tell you that. I mean, especially the people you've been been around and my goodness, being out here in LA, I mean, it's like the, it's like the land for that, you know? So did you always... Um, did you always realize that you you had a voice, or did it take you some time to discover that? Well, probably because I'm very critical to myself. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, I mean, I knew that I enjoy singing, but I was not sure that my voice is ready for it. Mm-hmm. I was not sure I could pull up a song and just like sing a whole song, and, and I didn't have my own song. So even if I'm trying to sing somebody's songs, I would always compare myself to this person. So I will be like always, no, just don't even try. Right. Yeah. And that's why I don't know any other songs than my songs. Okay. When people are like, do you want, want to do a new cover? I'm like, I don't know any song. Why don't you sing this song? And I'm like, no, I don't want to. Because I don't want people to compare me with anybody else. Wow. So I'm like, I'll just like write my own songs. I just sing my songs. And I, I write songs pretty easy. So I have like 50 songs already that I've written the last few years. So I have big, I have enough choice. I don't have to sing a cover. But... I think now since I feel more comfortable and so many people are confirming me all the time that I have a beautiful voice and probably now I'll be like, okay, I will probably dare to make a cover on a song that I really love and I think that I can add a different perspective to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll do it, but I'm not really in a hurry. Right. I know, Jim. I mean, you said you have 50 songs where you could probably do you probably have another 50 songs done in the next few days if it's as quick as you write, you know? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have to forbid myself, actually. So sometimes I'm like, no, you're not going to, you're not going, you're not going on the keyboard. Because yeah. if you go on the keyboard, I might have like start a new song because the melody will just come out and it just I will just have to take care of it. And it will just want to develop and I will try to develop it and I can, and then sooner or later I will have like a full structure. And then this full structure will start begging me for texts. And I'll be like, okay, now I have to think about that. So I'll just have another one, but I'm like, okay, stop. Don't write new songs. You have enough songs. Take care of what you have. Put those songs that you have out. Like, Mm -hmm. find the right producer, find the right arrangement. Yeah, so now I prefer to just take care of the ones I have. Yeah. And um, and find the right way to present them. And then I will keep writing. Because I don't need, like, this, like, a... Right. I don't need so many songs. Yeah. Some people make career with like five songs. I, I have like fifty. Yeah. And I want the the world to, to hear those songs and or like the best of the ones I have. And if they're happy, I will write more. Absolutely. And you know, it's funny, you know, talking about the covers and then everything like that. Like I would think like with your voice. I feel like it'd be so like not difficult, but it'd kind of be hard for you to just do covers on anything. Because you have a unique voice, and I've, I mean, I've never heard of a voice like yours, to be oh, honest. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm just being honest. I was driving here, and I was jamming to some of your songs, and I'm just, I'm just so thrown back, because I've never heard an artist that has had that, like, you have a deep voice, and, and it's soothing, the way it kind of just, like, soothes uh, with the lyrics, and, thank you. yeah, and, and just with your, your songs that you produce, I feel like it, it catches people off guard at first. Because not a lot of people expect that, especially with where we're at in today's society. A lot of people where they're used to hearing the, like the alternative, because you know, that normally has this, like whether it's rapping, like people are so used to hearing a certain kind of sound. But when somebody like you comes, you know, to the stage, you're an outlier. Have you noticed that? Yeah, and I, before I thought that in LA it's going to be very hard for me to kind of mm. make it or be visible because it's a very mainstream place yeah but actually it's the opposite it's so mainstream that people who are sensitive and have some intelligence or have some kind of taste of music they really need something different mm-hmm. they, they desperately need something which is out of the box and out of the out of the stream um, and they're very happy to have somebody like me who is just out of it and for me it's very hard to be in the box because I've never I never followed um, the mainstream music because I was just part of a completely different world that you have to be constantly trying to be different, innovative, 
and your my mom my own like my main goal and purpose as a contemporary artist was just to always find something which is out of the box and if there is a box if there is like a, a border or a limit yeah I would or a convention I would always kind of work around it or try to cross it or question it and now I'm just like writing songs so yeah. <laughs> I cannot betray myself as a contemporary artist but having having these everyday confirmations from all people around from so many people around the world who are writing me that they are addicted to my songs and with help my music helps them so much and it's so important to them and I'm like fuck it fuck contemporary art I mean there are enough people who can take care of contemporary art and I've done it for 20 years yeah. now I want to just I care for people more and if people are so happy and so like making them happy making their life easier yeah, fucking you! I don't think I really have a choice. I just yeah. have to keep doing it. Maybe another twenty years, I write songs, and then <laughs> see after. Maybe science. No, absolutely. I mean, because you you you've accomplished a lot so far, you know. And, and it's like I was very happy, you know, as yeah. a contemporary choreographer for all around the world, you know. But now I'm like, I start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Years ago, I was like, you are in the very beginning. You were like when you were like twenty one. Yeah. Choreographer now you're like twenty one but singer songwriter. Right. That's you, how you how let's see. <laughs> Man. It, it's it's funny, uh you know, I was watching I looked some YouTube videos up about you last night and I saw you on the uh the X Factor. And you know, I always like to I always like to to look at expressions on people's faces. I'm I'm a people watcher, right? And whenever you performed um, you know, I saw the judges, how they reacted and everything. And, um, you know, whenever you pass the first like round, couple rounds and everything, I saw the fans didn't necessarily react the, the best way, like, because they're not used to this kind of music, but your expression, whenever they were booing you, some of the fans, it was stone cold. Like your face wasn't like you weren't, you were just like, you were dead centered. And I found that so intriguing, Ivo, with, with, with how you reacted to that. Because most people, they would be down on themselves. Whenever they hear, they would be like, but your face was just like, you know, and, and even the judges, they were trying to make you laugh and trying to crack jokes and everything because they were being, they were trying to be honest, but they were still trying to kind of sucker up to you in a little bit. You know, like I noticed that, but you just had that dead center face. And you were so laser focused on that performance because you, you, you left it all out there, you know? So c- kind of talk about what maybe in that moment, what was going through your head and then what goes through your head after every performance that you do. Cause I can tell you, you leave it all out on stage. Yeah. I have no, usually cause I'm on stage is a lot of things, 12 years old and I'm, um, and I have done a lot of concerts already. So I know that what I offer yeah. What I cannot, when I offer has a quality. To me, it was more, more of a question: How these people, who are so, um, there's so much in the convention, they are one of the creators of the convention. Are they going to be sensitive or intelligent enough to like go through like their walls mm-hmm. and 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 understand that what I'm offering is is valuable? So there was like. The arena, it was the arena, the uh, Wembley arena, there was like 4,000 children behind the judges. Really? They were like shouting against me, most of them. And then I, because for them, I, I'm like from another world. They, they cannot really understand anything. It's because all they want is like, they, they, they watch is billboard charts and everything was on the radio. And I'm like, I'm not this. And the only, the only two people who are kind of intelligent enough to understand what, what, what I'm doing I thought that it's it's like um, Robbie Williams and Simon. And they were the two people who kind of were standing like behind me all the time, both rounds and both concerts. And everybody else is just not sensitive and musically intelligent enough, neither the audience behind. That's why Simon was making fun of them. And I was like, I see everybody loves him. That's why I will just say yes. And I will let him go for the second round. So he was making fun of the kids behind him 
And you know, they cut very important thing that he said on the third round on the six chair challenge. They cut it out because it would be a contradiction with the, with her decision mm -hmm. to kind of uh, cast me out at the end of the six chair challenge. And what he said because he was arguing with her. She was saying, this is too strange. And he said, it is strange, but this is the only thing I'm going to remember from tonight. Yes. And then he said, I think it's important if I was facing the show, because he's the only one here who can teach this crowd behind. There is another way of entertainment, another way, another way of making music. Mm. And even he said this, he didn't choose, she didn't choose me for her team. But I had his words, and I will never forget those words. Because I was like, this person is create is one of the altars of the convention of this mainstream bullshit of this karaoke show. Yeah. And if he is able to turn like the opposite and just say that it's important for me to stay because it can change the rules of the game. I don't care that I'm not in the show because I know that the people who are who understand yeah, and also if I, if I stay in the show, I would sign with with this company, and I'm not sure it's the best thing. Yeah, to be signed with this company, next factor. Because I see what's going on with those artists who are signed there. It's just like yeah. most of the time, it's a very big compromise that you have to do with yourself aesthetically and on any level. And I don't think I'm ready, being 43 years old, to make big compromises. Say, yeah. If I sign with somebody, I could be somebody who is really like can understand the complexity of what I offer and I can work with it. Mm. Not like, because, okay, we have to be just this little thing because this is what the market needs. And I'm like, we're going to decide what the, what is the market, not the market is going to decide what we have to create. So right. it has to be like the opposite direction. And if you're not brave enough or intelligent enough, yeah, I don't think you can work with me really. So mm. I'm happy to that I stayed away somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I know, absolutely. And it's funny you said that because it's like you can't always go with what the status quo says. You know, like you have to, you have to be the outlier. Um, you said you're 42? 43. 40, goodness gracious, you definitely don't look 43, I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I'm about 41. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. I thought maybe 30. I mean, good Lord. <laughs> but uh, that's, you know, the... And, and I saw that in that video last night whenever Simon was saying, like, well, are you going to remember him? And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, he's got a point, <laughs> you know? And I even thought about that as well because it's not, it's not about what always sounds good. It's about what you're going to remember and not just because <laughs> there's acts that were there that probably advanced, even the winning act, I'm sure. But people are going to forget about that. People aren't always going to forget about you, though. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people came up because you know I didn't go to X Factor because I wanted to be there. I'm never even my, it was never part of my like brain. Yeah. I would ever be there because I know it's a karaoke show, and I'm not singing any karaoke ever in my life. I don't know I did any cover, so why should I be there as <laughs> young singers? But they approached me and they were like, "We love your music." Some of them are the scouts. Uh, would you consider? joining the show, and I was like, okay, it's going to be a great promotion for me, so people are going to hear my music, so I would do it. I didn't expect it going to, go, it's going to be, they would turn it around and make me like a, a freak of the show, right. but even by they trying really hard to make me the freak of the night, and the freak of the show, so many people who are sensitive, and they were watching television, and they were watching YouTube videos, they were like, no, 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 this is not a freak. This is not like someone to make fun of somebody who brings something new on the table that we really think is valuable and it's special. So I get a lot of following because of X Factor. Hmm. And, well, they try to make fun, but I think didn't really work. Right. Yeah, no, it definitely didn't work, I'll tell you that. And then seeing somebody like Simon, the, the master judge in the game, uh, with, with his words, I mean, of approval and... And just guidance. Yeah, they, yeah. The best words he said, they took it out because it would be in contradiction with her decision. And also, uh, Robbie Williams said that he, he said something really funny. He said, <laughs> If I was not a judge and if I was at home, you are the only reason I will watch the next round. And I was like, Oh, thank you, bro. Yeah. But his wife was like, I don't get it. This is wrong on so many levels. And I was like, No, this is the opposite, actually. This yeah. Why not so many levels? Because it's different. Exactly. You're different, and that's that's what people like to see. And then to also attest to that, it's funny. 
a lot of music artists, they don't necessarily have like a, a brand, right? Like you know them for their voice, but people want to see the behind. And, and, and I, I can attest to this because I've done marketing for, you know, three years. I've helped people with their brands on how to come out more in terms of their shells, right? Their personalities, because it's not always easy to, for somebody to, to get in front of the camera like, hey, what's up, guys? You know? <laughs> for me, it's easy because I've been doing it for, for eight years. I've been, I'm like, hey, what's up, guys? Nate the Great coming at you. And with you, like, you have your own unique personality brand. And people don't always just like the way that you sound. People like what it is in terms of the depth behind the person, in terms of the brand, right? I don't just want to know what somebody like uh, – you know, let's look at The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. You know him for, of course, the movies, but you also know him for the big muscles. Um, he's very humble. He he doesn't really have a, a big, big ego. And and people like that. People like to relate with others. And I look at the brand that you have. It's very unique. And it attracts different people. It's not just a an age demographic. It's, you know. Yeah, I also think that the message should be more complex. It doesn't have to be always like, the best message. Because sometimes when I put videos on Instagram, I will always try to take the best of a concert, and then I will take the best part of the song, and then I will just put it on, I, on Instagram, and I will be like creating like my own thing. And I was like, no, no, actually this is this is good, but it's kind of fake, because you just like, you're so choosy and picky, so you just show like you, you think that this is the best of you. I think it's much fair, and that, so it becomes kind of a lie, that you're constructing a lie, even it's like the best part of me, but I have so many other layers yeah. that are not so perfect, but they're part of me. And I think it will be very, um, that's why sometimes I do like stupid like stories and I'm just talking to the camera and the thing like <laughs> So I feel very uncomfortable, but at the same time, I, th I think I should do I have to do it because otherwise I'm thinking like, you have to be honest with who you are. And people usually appreciate it. They're like, I'm shocked that they appreciate it. But I'm like, even if they're not shocked, even if they're like, oh, we didn't think that he's like this. He, we think that he's like this like crazy, perfect like singer with his crazy, unique voice. And I'm like, no, no, no. I have, I'm 42 years old, man. I have my doubts, and I'm very insecure, and I'm a big mess uh, in my daily life, and I'm, you know, I have all the stuff going on, and it's, and this is part of who I am. It's not just like the songs. The songs are just a very small part of me. I started writing songs just a few years ago. I had like 20 years of career as a crazy contemporary guy. Like very most of my shows are forbidden for people under 18 years old. Yeah. So and now like people put their children to sleep with my songs. They write to me like from Australia or from Mexico. I put yeah. my children to sleep with your music. It's, it looks really perfect. And I'm like, okay, if you know what I was doing like 10 years ago or five years ago, you wouldn't probably do it. Like, it's okay. I'm, I'm happy it works. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's incredible. Cause then it's like the impact that you have. I mean, how, how does that make you feel? I mean, just knowing that, man, I put I put people's kids to sleep with my music. You know, no, it feels great. It feels great feeling. It gives me a. It motivates me to just keep going, even if it's so hard. Cause I like the challenge. Cause when you accomplish this an artist in one area, and when you go to another area like pop music, where the where the establishment is so strong. And and the conventions are so like built, like the walls are so thick, um, and the competition is so enormous. Mm. I mean, you need to have a strong motivation to keep going. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and I think people like confirming me all the time online that they love my music, they need my music, they need my song. I'm like, yeah, fuck it, I'm <laughs> busy. Well, I have to keep going. Mm. Straight up. If I didn't have that this confirmation of of my um, followers uh, all around the world, then I would probably just go back and make my crazy weird shows and be happy until the end of my life. <laughs> right, no, absolutely. Go back to like the roots and everything, yeah. Huh. So how important is self-love to you? Was it something in terms of, because I, I, I know you mentioned a little earlier about, um, you know, sometimes with Oh, how'd you say? You you said uh, you like you can be very self-critical. Yeah. Right. Um, has it always been like that? Have you gotten better 
um, with the self-criticalness and then, you know, talk a little bit about self-love, how important that is to you. Well, I have been, like, out of the box as the MC, like, probably five years old. Okay. Wow. So I've been always in a position of, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. This is crazy. You have to find, you have to, you know, Bulgaria was a very conservative place. And I was the most extravagant kid in the school. And I was beaten up a lot. I was like really? bullied, tortured, like abused a lot because I'm different. So I was like, so if you don't have enough self-love, you, I wouldn't be able to make it. But I was constantly believing that there was something important. There was an important message that I'm bringing and it is, it's valuable. And I had a lot of, I've been always very, had a lot of respect to my craft and to, and to my work, even if everybody's around is saying that this is too much or this is too crazy or I have to, this, I have to be more like become a singer or, um, or do the opera or be go to a theater school because I'm a very talented actor and be like working in a theater environment. You know, I've been invited six times to play main roles in the national theater in Bulgaria. Wow. And I, was always, I always say no. Because really? I don't want to be part of, of this convention. I don't like it. I want to create my own work. I think I can bring something on the table which is unique, dramaturgically. I mean, when I was a theater maker and a choreographer, and aesthetically, so why should I, like, twist myself and try to to um, to fit into convention? And maybe I'm going to be like a very famous actor in Bulgaria. Maybe I'll end up like on television and make movies, like, film movies and stuff. But I'm like. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. I think I have much something very important to offer. And thank God, the world of contemporary art and theater and dance and performance, they were like, yeah, you have something special, so please, yeah, please do it. Yeah. And that's what I was doing for many years. So I think you need to have self-love that, besides all the rejection and besides everybody that does not believe, you are like, I'm sorry, guys, but I really think that, that, um, that what I'm doing is valuable, so I have to take care of it. So it's not about like taking care of myself. I think I'm not so good at taking care of myself, but because so I will take care of myself just because I know that my body is the medium, my body is the instrument that is able to articulate the message. So I will take care of myself because I know that it's the vessel for the message, because uh, I care for the message, I care for the work. Uh, so that's why I would take care of myself more. But otherwise, I'll probably be much more like bohemian yeah. or decadent or experimental or wild. But I'm like, no, this is important because this is kind of the, this is the messenger. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you have to take care of it. So this is about self-love. I don't mm -hmm. know if it answers your question. No, absolutely, that's great. I mean, because just to attest that as well, I would like. I mean, self-love is so important because I mean, even myself, I can be kind of self-critical too. And I realized that held me back so much in terms of, you know, I mean, just, just the podcast. A few months ago, I was so self-critical that I didn't have the necessary equipment to, to do like a professional podcast. Like I didn't have the camera. I didn't have the this setup. I mean, we're recording this right now on an iPhone. You know, I mean, we got a mic here and I was just like, Man, they, you, you know, you can't, but I, I just realized that, you know, I, I needed to do it. And then if we're talking about the body, I realized how important meditation is, you know, like having that alone time, that quiet time, especially for myself. I sometimes I, whenever I'm alone, cause I, I live here in LA by myself and I get into my zone whenever I talk to myself. Like it, it sounds so crazy, but there's no greater feeling for me whenever I literally can just like look in the mirror, have a conversation with myself, or I'm walking in like oh, the, I love it. Yeah. the room, right? I'm the best listener for myself. Yeah. I would ask myself questions all the time, I'll answer different ways. Yeah. Perfect. Because it's like your intuition's talking, right? We know one thing, we know one identity, and we if you are, if you are okay with being like multiple identities and have multiple perspectives on a situation, then this is like, we are not one thing. Like what, what's the self? Self is just an illusion, no? Oh, yeah. 
and which is a construction of those different things and perspectives. And if you allow those pr perspectives and different different uh, identities, uh, entities to kind of be in contact with each other, can, can have a conversation, it can be quite entertaining. And also, you can find a lot of um, important things and truths about about stuff, about situation, about what you're looking for, about your own work, just because you allow this different, this diversity in yourself. Mm -hmm. So having a conversation with yourself is the most normal thing. There's nothing <laughs> crazy about it. I'm glad we're both on the same page for that. Because <laughs> some people I tell them, they're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard of that. Yep, you know, <laughs> they don't understand it. Probably but, the therapy, right? You know, this is a therapy. I'm my own therapist. Hey, man, that's because I'm honest with myself, and this is quite important. Yeah, you go to therapy because you're not honest with yourself. You know, mm. so man, that's deep. Yeah, I like that. Mm. Uh, let me ask you this: Who's one of your biggest music idols that you look up to? When I was a kid, when I was like 12, 10, 12 years old, I was listening to Elton John a lot. Really? Okay. Because his music was great, I loved his ballads mostly. Yeah, it was very emotional. So I would never, yeah, that's why I was listening. the The ballads of Elton John was like my music, mm -hmm. and also it was the only gay that I know when I, I was you. a kid. Yeah. So for me, it was even more kind of important because I realized that like gay when I was very, very, very young, but I didn't have the right the right environment or to share. So for me, like Elton John was like a safe place. It was a safe zone. Yeah. Like my books and the music of Elton John was kind of I know that I'm in a safe place. I know that I'm I can be okay. I'm okay with who I am in yeah. this environment. And and later I switched to uh, a lot of Bjork for some years. Okay. And then I was listening to a lot of gospel music because I loved improvisation. Yeah, absolutely. For many years I was doing improvisational concert, I would just like sing with a musician but completely improvised. And I couldn't find improvisations online. So the only people who improvised good were the gospel singers. Mm -hmm. So I was just in love with gospel because of this. And and then I just was so much into my own contemporary work and that I was not really aware of music so much unless I have to just come up with a little song here and there in my work. And then I just started writing my own music. That's wow. it. Really? And now if I listen to music, I will listen to something really chilled and relaxing because I have very like, anxious, like, a lot of energy, a lot of, I have to be busy all the time. So if I listen to music, it has to be something really chilling and something really relaxing. I would listen a lot like Frank Ocean, for example. Because oh, he has yeah. this kind of cinematic thing that he's not in your face, but he creates this kind of complex environment of things happening, you know? And... It's kind of schizophrenic, his music, because it has multiple dimensions, you know, inside the song. It's like if you're watching a movie or something. It's deep, yeah. It's not just like a song. And um, and I listen to a lot of Frank Ocean, especially when I have sex. Definitely. Frank yeah, Ocean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very chilling. Yeah, it makes the vibe ten times better, doesn't it? Yeah, because he doesn't, he doesn't ask for attention, his music. Mm. He's like, you know, I'm here doing my stuff, I'm not in your face. When I sing, I'm like, I'm in your face. I'm like, right. you see, I have this beautiful melodic line oh, and I have yeah. this story, you know, that I want to share. And people are like, yeah, <laughs> I want to listen to it. But Frank Ocean is the opposite. He's like so mellow and so kind of, you know. And this one, like. Wow, no, that's amazing. That's funny. I have to listen to, and the audience, you have to listen to some Frank Ocean if you want to get in that zone. My goodness, I, I haven't listened to him in a while. It's been a little bit. Yeah, I used to. Forget the one song I used to listen to is, but yes, some beautiful ones. Yeah, I, I noticed you mentioned books. Um, do you have a book or two that are, are your favorites or anything? I was in a very gigantic de de depression when I was oh, wow. um, 2012, 2013, and um, this author. The Power of Now. Oh, Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. Yeah. This guy, I mean, this book took me out of like a place that a therapist couldn't take me out. Wow. Yeah, I tried therapy oh, really? and it was like, it didn't work. I was very suicidal and very dark and nothing, nothing was like, I couldn't see any lights. 
well, when I when I when I read more of now and I started watching the lectures of uh, of doing online, it helped me so much. Yeah. And then uh, a lot of qigong. Oh yeah. Breathing exercises. Yeah. Actually, when I started doing a lot of breathing exercises because I wanted to get out of like depression and kind of take care of myself physically and survive because as an HIV positive person, I had some problems with the medications early in the days. Okay. And. They were fucking up my. Uh, they were like very hard for my liver, mm -hmm. so um, I had a lot of like issues with my health back in the days, and wow. and a lot of and the part of now uh, of um, of Tole and also a lot of qigong exercises, uh, breathing. Uh, actually, this breathing kind of helped me a lot, health wise, but also it helped me singing. When I started doing mm -hmm. a lot of breathing exercises, I become much more comfortable and I had a, I, I kind of had a bigger control of my voice, wow. like unintentionally. Yeah. It was just like working that way. I knew that breathing is very important for singing, but I didn't ever really realize, couldn't understand it because I never like really studied this. Um, but when I had the, I, I did a lot of breathing exercises and the whole awareness of breathing, it kind of affected my voice and the control of my voice so much. And I was like, oh, actually, I can sing. I can control <laughs> my voice like, so well. What's going on here? Right. Man, that's, that's funny you mentioned that because um, I just interviewed, what was it, a few days ago. Uh, his name's Troy Casey. He goes by Certified Health Nut on Instagram. And he's known for that here, especially in Los Angeles. Because I'm sure you're well aware of Wim Hof. No, I'm sorry. Okay, Wim Hof. He's, they, they call him the Iceman, right? And he basically, you know, does all the breathing exercises, you okay. know, what you're talking about. And then <laughs> he does these good old ice baths. He literally just has a whole, and, 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 and Certified Health, not Troy Casey, does this as well in uh, uh, Venice, Santa Monica area. And they literally just have a big old cooler, a white cooler, you know, like you put, you know, uh, people put meat in normally. But uh, you actually, the, the cooler is full of ice, big old ice ice blocks like it's crazy and you just go in there your whole body's covered up to your neck and it's just freezing cold and you got to stay in there for like two to three minutes if not they they release tigers and everything <laughs> but they uh it, like you literally just feel the you know your veins just but it's all in the mental you know because you're freezing your your nuts off and everything and i want to die nothing no it's so good yeah because it's they, they say, you know, the, the energy that comes from you, especially with men, it takes a lot for them to just release, like, the feminine in them, you know, like, the feminine energy. And you hear men in there, they're like, ah, ah, like, they're making all these noises. And it's crazy, because even myself, I'm, I'm over there, I'm not making noises like that, but I'm just like, man, this is cold. Like, I'm freezing, you know? And once you get out, you just, you feel like a completely different, you know, person. Hey, Russian baths. Yeah. I've done the one. Russian baths. Like, it's extreme. What's that? When you're just like, you're in a very, very hot room, like extremely hot, and wow. then it's so hot that you have to, you're starting yourself, like pulling like cold, freezing water, like buckets of water on top of you. And you're, holy cow. It's the like, best thing you can like do it to, in order to survive inside because it's so hot. And, and then I, I always hate like cold water. But <laughs> after the Russian bath, I'm like after the bath, you just like go in a freezing pool, and you know, you're like you know you're in a paradise. Yeah. So I think I think before I do the cold, I really need to be in a very hot room. This is the this the, the Russian bath. Oh, wow. I love it. I've been only once, like in one in New York, but I've been like several times, and it can become addictive. You see people going there all the time. For real? Yeah, because it's so intense. And it's extremely healthy, especially in the winter. Oh, yeah, the immune system. It boosts your immune system like crazy. Wow. I'm going to have to look that up. The Russian. Yeah, Russian bath? Russian bath. There must be one in LA. Okay, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure there is. Yeah, I'll have to look it up. Man. Wow. Interesting. Breathing. Very important. Breathe. <laughs> Breathing, ladies and gentlemen, okay? Please breathe. <laughs> I, I mean, I definitely want to be respectful of your time and everything. I know you got to catch yeah, your flight. Yeah, I have to catch my flight to Europe. I have to do my luggage. It's still a mess in the room. But thanks for having me. No, absolutely, brother. So for, for the people to, um, 
you know, where, where can the people follow you, you know, that are listening and that are watching? What, what's your social media? Do you have anything that you want to kind of throw out there for people to, to stay tuned on? Or? No, it's it's fine. I mean, Instagram, I'm like so, there's so much stuff on my Instagram and all my stuff. Some people, my friends are like, stop putting like videos on Instagram. People have to come to your concert. They have everything on your Instagram. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but there's a people who cannot come to my concert. Like exactly. people in Brazil or somewhere like in Australia or... Poland, I have a big following in Poland. I don't have shows in Poland, so what about these people? They need something, so Absolutely. I'll just, I'll just do it. So, yeah, I have a YouTube channel and I have Instagram, and I think that's great enough. And my music can use on Spotify, but I have so many unreleased things. So I think you have to be on Instagram to kind mm. of like get the new stuff. Because if I come up with a song, I cannot hide it. I'll be like. I just poured it out there. <laughs> no, and I'll attach all the links below for you guys to follow Ivo. And then uh, Ivo, you know, before we end things here, I always have the guests kind of end it on a on an action step that the the audience and the the viewers can can go ahead and, and implement in their lives. So, what's one thing? It can be something like a word or something shorter, however you want to do it. But uh, what's one thing that you would like the audience to? go from this podcast to implement into their lives action-wise what's one step it's very hard for me to put things like important and not important because mm. i think everything is everything is important depends yeah. on the person and the situation and i remember that once i had to i i don't take any drugs ever okay but once i was like you know i think you want to learn something you want to go forward and obviously you had no idea how to do it so you need to get like a, a message you need to to learn a lesson, somebody has to tell you something really important. And I was like, nobody's gonna tell me this because nobody knows me well enough, um, really. So I took mushroom, okay, like a yeah. small dose of mushroom, yeah. and I got so poisoned and wow. put you know, and I hated it. But I was like, no, no, there must be something that I should um, I should learn from this experience. Yeah. So I was recording myself with a camera. And, and I <laughs> well, was like, I'm not gonna lose like this. I have to be like wow. aware of what's going on, so I can take the best of it. And then, and then during this kind of tripping, and uh, I was alone at home in Sofia, mm. I, I, I got two really important messages for myself. And they were like the most important things that I had to learn in this moment of my life if I want to go farther, if I want to grow as a person and spiritually or as a human being. Absolutely. And those two messages were, the first one was uh, kindness is the ultimate freedom. No. Kindness, no. Kindness is the ultimate power. Okay. Kindness is the ultimate power, and you know, I you know all my all my work, all my life has been very like expressive, very kind of violent, and very like high volumes and high dynamics, and something's very aggressive, and and I got this message: kindness is the ultimate power. You think that you are powerful. You talk for many years that you are powerful as an artist. If you're like doing a lot, yeah. you have a lot of effort, and you're like operating with huge amounts, huge amounts of energies. But you know, don't forget that kindness is the ultimate power. Mm-hmm. And then nowadays, I learned step by step that, especially singing. In the singing, I managed to be kind. Like singing is the way that I'm able to be kind, really, and. And this kindness people appreciate so much. And I understand that this kindness that doesn't need a lot of effort is actually extremely powerful because it gives so much love. And you kind of you can be able to give so much love by doing this, by being so kind, even just musically being kind. And many times when I'm singing, I also have this feeling that I'm not just showing singing a song, I'm just being really kind to you. And I'm I'm just taking care of you as an audience. I'm taking care of you as a listener. I'm taking care of you as a as a somebody who I'm, I'm um, I have a date with. I'm, I'm meeting. So for me, taking care of our relationship, taking care of of your of your evening, taking care of your soul, and and so this taking care is kind of is the kindness that I was talking about, that I was thinking about when I was I got this message. And so this message helped me a lot to kind of have this perspective and really believe that mm-hmm. I have to stick to it. I have, I, have, I have a lot to learn by being kind, hopefully not only with the music, right. probably like on a personal level. Yeah. Um, and the other message I got 
from this experience was there's no freedom before there's no complete freedom before you forgive to anyone mm. everything that's true and then I realized yeah probably that's right yeah before you forgive everything to everyone you cannot be really free because you because you will always be in a position of judgment and now always a position of this is no good yeah no because the, the the universe is much more complex than this is bad and this is good right. yeah. and before you real you before you judge you before I think in the moment you are in a place in a, in a position of judgment you or you have no freedom practically mm -hmm. and this was an important message I think so maybe people should not like incorporate in their life but they should at least can think about it because yeah. I mean are you able to really forgive everybody everything? It's very difficult. It is. It's very, I still have people like block. I have friends that I have blocked that I haven't talked since years. Right. I mean, even if I'm thinking that I forgive them, I'm, I'm deep in my in myself. I'm like, oh, I'm not sure I'm able to do this. Mm -hmm. And the same with kindness. I don't. I don't like drugs. I mean, if you take drugs, you should have a special reason to do it. Right. Agreed. And I had this special reason to learn something, and I get this, and I think I'm I, I'm good for like some years. <laughs> yeah. If I need something more to learn for myself, and I'm not able to like, get it by myself, I'll probably put my brain in a special condition. Okay. By helping it with something. Wow. As I see in LA, people just taking drugs for any reason. Yeah. No, you don't need a special reason. You want to go to grocery. You get something, right? It's, <laughs> it's it's easy accessible nowadays, you know. And that's that's deep. So I think, like, in, for the audience to apply that, who is one person, maybe two, maybe three, that you can forgive today? Maybe you're holding on to something, a grudge, you know, something that really pissed you off, made you angry, made you mad. Who can you forgive? And then second, you know, you hear all the time random acts of kindness. What is one random act of kindness you can do? Even if it's simple holding the door open for somebody, complimenting, hey, you have a nice uh, outfit, a nice watch, right? I, I really love your hat. Um, you know, compliment somebody that's maybe in a grocery store and you're like, hey, I just want to say I appreciate you uh, for coming to work today and really doing what you do. Something like that can literally change somebody's life because they might be going through it. They might be having depression, you know? What can you do today to actually go out there and do that, right? Develop some courage, develop some confidence, because trust me, when you do that, you're going to feel so much better about yourself and the person that you do that to is going to, they're going to light up, they're going to exalt so much energy that's going to come from them, and it's just going to make their day. So, I mean, that inspired me because I'm going to do that today, for real. That's right. I'm going to the airport. I have to be like, have a look, be very kind. Right? To survive it. Yeah, you'll be going through TSA or, you know, the, the security say, hey, I appreciate you being here today, you know? <laughs> but hey, guys, again, I'll, I'll attach everything for you to check out Ivo's music and his socials. I'll attach everything in the, in the description below. Check him out. He's an incredible, incredible human being. And uh, Ivo, man, I appreciate you being on the show. Thanks, Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Roots of Success podcast. Don't forget to leave a five-star review. I really appreciate that, as well as a like and a subscribe. Stay connected between shows by following me on Instagram at NateTheGreat. And remember, guys, success starts here. Keep winning. Nate the Great signing off.